hot leaf tea juice channel. Well, sorry, what's the name of the podcast again? Hot hot leaf hot, tea juice. Hot leaf juice. Hot leaf juice. There you go. Wow. I don't know. It's just a string of words. It's a hilarious string of words. It's catchy. People remember it. People laugh. Uh, except me. Aloha, listeners. Uh, I'm back now uh, from a trip to Hawaii, sunburned, but back, uh, and where I was able to record an episode with Taka Ino, uh, a tea farmer on the Big Island. Taka and his wife Kimberly were very gracious to let me and my wife come into their home for a day and give us a tour of just their amazing uh, farm. I have never really been to a tea farm before. I had been to the Charleston Tea Plantation, but uh, I was not able to walk the grounds really freely and pick tea or talk to farmers. So this was really the first time that I've been able to visit a farm so intimately, um, and it was amazing. Taka started his farm about 10 years ago now and has five acres of mostly tea, but so much other natural beauty has been retained on his land because of his use of natural farming methods. Uh, lots of other trees and plants grow in the grounds too, like avocado, thimbleberry, and guava. He even had a pond uh, with many like awesome little frogs just hopping around. And frogs are a great indicator of the health of a natural place that, you know, that has a lot of water anyway. Uh, frogs are amphibians and they breathe through their skin, which means that they are kind of the proverbial canary in the coal mine of runoff and pollution. They tend to just go belly up first. So seeing frogs uh, so healthy and running around, not just one, like lots of them, uh, that was a really great sign that uh, Taka doesn't just talk the talk. This guy walks the walk, farms the farm. Uh, he, he does, you know, he, he's really, he's the real deal. And if you remember a few episodes ago, uh, I spoke with Taylor Dry, who was had a lot to say about natural farming. Um, and that's because Taylor got his start in tea and the hands-on experience with natural farming working on Taka's farm for a season about seven years ago or so. Uh, I do regret to say that the best audio that we had with Taka was not really recorded or recorded well. Uh, we were walking uh, and talking. That was the best time. That's when he was the most animated and alive and had the most interesting things to say. Um, he's just a true farmer and a quiet and observant guy who just gets to do what he loves and is very good at it. Uh, we did sit after we walked around to have tea with him, and that's when the microphone came out, and that's what this episode is. His tea is sold uh, as Mauna Kea tea, uh, and the 2017 spring harvest is really just right around the corner. We were able to have some of the really fresh, not quite finished, pre-flush tea uh, that he was able to let us uh, uh, try, and uh, I, if that's any indication of what this uh, new harvest is going to be like, I think it's going to be just amazing. So if you have never been to the big island of Hawaii, I, it's a really amazing place. Uh, it's just well worth its own trip. And, you know, as a person who grew up in the middle of America, Hawaii was always very much a two-dimensional postcard of uh, white beaches and palm trees. And yeah, there's plenty of that stuff. Uh, and it's really awesome. But there's so much more, you know, if you go beyond the resorts and if you go off even like the paved road into awesome places you will be rewarded with amazing food and natural beauty and just great people uh Hawaii, big island of hawaii kind of felt like 
felt like a, it felt like a little bit of Indiana was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with just how people drive drove and how they talked and how early things closed <laughs> in, in the town in, in Hilo. Uh, it's really amazing, so I, I think it's well worth its own trip. Um, so yeah, get some of Taka's first harvest tea when it comes available very, very soon. Uh, and it will go fast because there's not that much of it. So I, I would suggest you get some. I know I'm going to get some. So, And there's just, you know, there's just nothing else like the unique terroir of uh, his farm. You know, there's really, it doesn't taste like Taiwan. It doesn't taste like China. It doesn't taste like Japan. It really is its own unique place, and uh, there's really only one way to experience it. So I'd, I'd recommend uh, listeners pick, pick some tea up. Uh, our chill tunes that we hear on the show uh, are from the dank mind of Equity Slate. Uh, this is the track that I love so much, Oolong Tea. And I'll link his uh, Bandcamp in the description, along with the link to uh, Taka's uh, business website, Mauna Kea Tea. And that about wraps it up for this intro. Um, you want to help support us as always uh, the best thing you can do is just leave a review uh, and just say exactly how you feel <laughs> and i love hearing from you uh so with that with all that uh mahalo everybody enjoy the show well, uh, what's the flavor it's uh, coconut green tea and um, ginger and turmeric that sounds awesome yeah there's something really cool about like having a job where um at the end of the day you know you have a thing or maybe the end of the, the end of the week or the month or whatever you can say, look at this thing, right? This is my tea, this is my pottery, this is my painting, this is my, uh, just anything, this is my music. And you, you have a thing, and you can show it to other people, and they can sort of see, you should, You get to see yourself in your work, right? And, oh, yes, thank you. Thank this you. is coconut? This one is um, unflavored. Oh, okay. Okay. So the yeah. This is a leaf. And it's more like a bancha. This is the older leaves that we are looking at. Mm. Yeah, this is uh, pretty early. This is pretty like um, for green tea. It's pretty earthy, right? Like it's kind of got a lot of, a lot of uh, strength to it. Kind of like. Mm. So it, it looks like it's been. Uh, it, it looks. It, you know, this looks like to me. This looks like. It could be wrong. This looks like tencha to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were processing this, um, what, what was the method for this, and why does it? This one quite look like that. Well, I learned uh, tea making in Wuji, uh, so that's yeah. the place for matcha. Right. <laughs> so naturally, there's an element of that in there. But um, yeah, over time, I, um, in Wuji. When they actually taste their their matcha, first they taste tencha, because mm-hmm. matcha is a finished tea. You can't really taste the quality. Right. So when they taste tencha, they steep it, and it's not finished. It's not roasted. It's you know unadulterated, mm-hmm. so they can really see the quality better. But they just steep that tencha, mm-hmm. and then this gave me the idea. Oh, maybe if it's like this type of milling, small. Yeah. Tencha leaves. And I can make that into tea. <laughs> mm. Wow, that's a that's a really like <clears throat> like I like I like it doesn't taste like like I usually think of green tea like it has more like earthy like kind of like nut like this isn't the first time I've gotten like peanut or nut like in tea recently. 
I don't know. I think sometimes I don't know if you have this experience where your palate like likes to pick out certain things in periods of time. Like, yeah, I was having the every the last couple times I've had the Taiwan eighteen, the Hong Yun. Uh, I, I get like cherry, and nobody else gets cherry. I'm like, guys, this is like, <laughs> how, are you, how are you not tasting cherry? But it's just me so far. Mm. No one's, I don't think anyone's backed me up on that. Picking up that, that that flavor, but it's interesting, right? How different people can kind of taste different things. Cherry, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had that either. Oh, you, oh yeah, you should you should uh, if you can get your hands on it. It's it's really excellent. Uh, I it's a it's a black tea that's um, hybridized between um, the Burmese Sasamica mm -hmm. and the uh, indigenous uh, uh, tea plants to Taiwan, and they just they hybridized it. They 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 were bred it a couple of years ago and it, they process it at Summon Lake, Central Taiwan, to make uh, a really unique black tea, not like any other black tea. Mm -hmm. hands are interesting. Mm -hmm. okay, so do you have any finished 2017, you're saying, I'm sorry, you're saying you don't have any finished 2017 tea yet? You do. Oh, you do, okay. Yeah, you can try some. Yeah, we'll work our way up to it. <laughs> we don't have the, the one that completely finished. It's not for sale yet this year, but partially finished. Or with tea, like if it's like really subtle, it's kind of like a Rorschach test, like what you're saying. Sometimes your main, your brain kind of goes through weird mental gymnastics and makes yeah. weird associations. Yeah, it's true. And, and well, tea is just so chemically complex. There's just a lot going on, especially if you make it well and you, you it's grown well and it and it's, and it's made well and and. Uh, if you know how, and if you taste tea a lot, you know, if you, if you continue to uh, drink tea every day, you're just going to learn. You know, just like if you listen to, you know, my dad likes to say that um, the best music listens, sound, sounds better every time uh, you listen to it. Like it gets better every time. It doesn't just hit you all at once. And I think that's true of a lot of really good things. I think good art gets better the more you look at it. And I think that good tea tastes better the more you drink it and music I think the best kind of music improves at second and third fourth listens in the song kind of looks now that it's what's kind of looks like seaweed you know? yeah it smells nice though so that that one's um, closer to bancha mm -hmm. but not the second definition of bancha yeah so it's more regional style it has uh, regional characteristics and which and so which region did you model that one after? So did you? Here, here. Oh, this is for you. This is your region. Awesome, great. So I wasn't I wasn't sure if you were like, you know, imitating uh, an older region from Japan. That's awesome. Well, so we did it. We had. That's how we learned first by, yeah. you know, tasting and learning from a lot of different places. Yeah. And then, once you understand their culture, their mm -hmm. food culture, their tea culture, how they make, you know, mm -hmm. all the all their the lifestyle culture, I guess. And once you understand, translate that here, and then look at uh, what's our food culture, what's our mm -hmm. culture here, and then make tea. And first, when they, when we made the tea, there's a, um, you know, the food pairing. Mm -hmm. So there's certain food that goes well with the tea. So this tea is really easy to drink with certain food that we have here. Mm -hmm. Which is not a great example. Is a masada is a really well known local snack. Mm -hmm. It's just like a fried 
dough with the sugar on it. <laughs> oh, so it's a donut. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like it goes really well with that. I believe that. Mm. But another thing I like is um, a sweet potato pie. Mm. Purple sweet potato oh, pie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good. 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 <laughs> yeah. So things like that, the understanding the culture here, and then make the tea. Mm. That goes well with it. And it turned out to be that. So when you, um, when, when did you start, you know, when did you start to love tea, right? Like when did, when did it start becoming something you would wake up in the morning and want to be involved in doing and, and enjoy it? Like when did that, that switch happen for you? So that was, um, um, after college. Mm. So I grew up in Japan and just, you know, Japan is like known for tea ceremony and, you know, the strict orders and rules and, right. Right. And I was totally turned off by that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we happened to have a chance to go to China and try the tea, their style. Probably because I didn't understand their language so much. Mm -hmm. So as a foreigner, you could do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where things kind of opened up and see, wow, there are so many different tea. Mm -hmm. Now I go back to Japan and see it completely differently. Right. Yeah. So there are so many ways that people are trying to do the new style something that's never done and they start to see those in Japan too mm -hmm. and at that point things really start to open up and say okay I want to get involved in this yeah. yeah and also tea is the one that speaks the quality of the soil and the environment really well mm -hmm. you know how uh, the climate and the soil that comes through the, the tea what we make here is not the same as what's made in Japan and China. Mm -hmm. you know, even if you try to make it, it doesn't come out the same. So, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why I like doing tea. Yeah. Yeah. Is that field done? Five kilos. Five kilos. Not bad. Yeah, pretty yeah. good, huh? <laughs> She's the best picker. She she? Is, yeah, probably half the everybody's right. harvest. <laughs> That's awesome. But you need, you know, you need to surround yourself with talented people, right? You know, people, people who surround themselves with other talented people make awesome things, right? Like the, the guy who makes the best chocolate is hanging around a guy that just really knows peanut butter. <laughs> really? Next thing you know, you get her favorite candy. Because you're surrounded by talented people, right? Yeah. Cool perspectives. So is that what you do? Work with the chocolate? Oh okay. no, he's just <laughs> he's just giving an example. It's her favorite candy. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, she works in radiation. Radiation health. Radiation health. Mm -hmm. anyway. All right, let's try this. This is um, coconut green tea. Hmm. I can smell it. So when we started making this tea, this actually came from everybody saying, you know. They ask me because I'm Japanese. They ask me, oh, "Do you make matcha?" <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I'm like, rice is not even grown here. <laughs> yeah. So I was looking around trying to figure out, you know, okay, what can we do that's more local style? And um, there are a few things I came up, and this is one of the things: coconut. Can I see the leaves? Like just the way it looks. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Have fun. <laughs> I think Kim's gonna come and talk to you okay. about what we should do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you like Genmaicha? It's okay. Yeah. A good Genmaicha, yes. But nowadays, uh, I see a lot of Genmaicha with uh, um, just uh, all these mixed with the Genmai to hide the flavor. Yeah. And sure, I can drink. I, think the, I remember the first time I had it, I was like really surprised. I was I, I thought it was the weirdest thing. I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I've got to try it. <laughs> it was really, really good. But yeah, I, I kind of have your, 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 your sort of share your disposition. Like, it's great. But I find a lot of other things to get excited about. Yeah. And that's the thing about tea is that like, there's so, there's so much to be interested in. That like, even within tea, like focusing on just doing everything that's tea is it would be you would be stretching spreading yourself out really thin mm-hmm. um, I mean there are some vendors there are some I just had an interview with a, a guy that only sells poor that's it he just he knows poor he, he blends it presses it com- commissions it he doesn't really plan on expanding because he's just good at like that one thing yeah. is it Scott? no it is not Scott it's Glenn 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 Bowers in Seattle yeah, um, Crimson Lotus. Actually, I have their sticker. Oh, I see. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should. Um, you should give him. You should give him a. Give him an email. He's a. He's a very friendly guy. He's, yeah. he's probably, I think he's a couple years old. He's in my age group. Maybe maybe a few years older than me. Um, from Seattle. Yeah, I enjoy learning about the different people involved in tea. Yeah, that really gets me. Um, more knowledge and information. I have not yet um, reached out to Scott. I buy from him, and I've, I've talked to him in that, in that capacity as a, as a customer. But I haven't, as a as a team media guy, I haven't reached out to him yet. Uh, oh yeah, but he's coming. I'm coming for you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he makes he makes he makes good products. Though. I, I I like his his, uh, his, his his tea. That's that's a good company. Yeah, I don't understand so much about where our. Mm. So, yeah. it's like a sub, it's like a it's like a tea within tea. Like it's a whole it's a whole but it's such a, it's just a deep rabbit hole to go down. There's so much detail, right? Like, and if you and there's a lot of not very good sort of like just floating around. So like I think it's easy to kind of get turned off as well yeah. for more casual tea drinkers. Yeah, that's why he actually introduced me to Pura uh, along mm. with uh, uh, Kenneth. Who also worked with him? Yeah, yeah. You said you were um, you visited China. Where in China did you go? Renting, yeah. You yeah. know, cool. Yeah, I mean, I know the basics of where, mm-hmm. you know, once you start learning about the, all the details, it's just so much. You know, I enjoy green tea. Green tea is my thing. So yeah, <laughs> I like it unfermented. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, lightly fermented. So what is this? This is uh, ginger and turmeric. Turmeric. The way ginger is made, it just makes it taste like something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is this this your ginger and your your turmeric? No, it comes from the south of the island. Oh, okay. Yeah. They make it much better. Maybe close to where you're staying. Mm. Yeah. And we can make ginger and turmeric. They just grow wild. Yeah. And that wild one might be better. 
You should give it a shot. So just compare, right? Well, we just uh, make our own, enjoy it at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before making this, I tried so many different ginger, mm -hmm. different way of drying, different types of ginger to blend. Yeah. Yeah. And then came down to this one. And yeah, it's blending is completely different. It's not just one tea, you know. It, everything has to match together. Mm -hmm. So. Well, it's so nice and spicy and strong, I'm sure. Maybe yeah. along with like, that, that, with the ginger, even the ginger alone, you know. Yeah. I still have that really big bag of that Korean ginger tea. The ginger honey tea. The ginger, when you're sick. So that's good for cold. Yeah. We yeah. have it's it's like a really strong. It, it, it does it's little pellets that dissolve. So I don't know how like natural it is, but that's probably it's, it's highly not. processed. But but you it, you it, like it and I like it too. Yeah. And you remember if you know it's a. I mean, it's 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 good if you have like a really bad cough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It helps to like soothe it, soothe your throat. So you notice that it helps. Oh, I think it helped me a lot, especially when I had a really bad cough and it just wasn't going away for a couple of weeks. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked how refreshing the coconut was. Like it really, um, like again, now that like it's been a couple, like a minute or two since I've had it, like my mouth the, the the mouthfeel is really good afterwards, just like... Still tastes the coconut. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's the oil, it doesn't go away. It's a kind of weird experience, but not something that you will remember. Mm -hmm. yeah, so coconut wines, some people really love it, some people really don't. <laughs> I guess yeah. I enjoy that reaction. I have met people who are like, you know, if, you know, if it's coconut chocolate or something, I'm like, oh, I don't want the coconut one, like, but why? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So why, why the turmeric? Why why that pairing? Or what what about what about the ginger and the turmeric? Why are they like married? Or like why why are they a good couple? Hence one. I'm obsessed with turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use it every day. I put it in everything. So I was trying to figure out how I can use turmeric. And ginger was actually not the primary thing for this. It was the turmeric. Hmm. Mm. I was trying to incorporate that more into. Um, daily diet yeah yeah so everything here pretty much comes out of our kitchen that's awesome <laughs> mm. so what we use and then try to turn it into how we can use it every day easily because if it's not a habitual or set up in a certain way that it's easy to consume doesn't get done so we're trying to make it simple and easy to use yeah. I get a um, I have a, a, an Indian cookbook that I got a couple months ago just, just I wanted to Make Indian food at home instead of just going to restaurants for it. And a lot of turmeric. I went to, we have to start buying the bigger ones. A lot of turmeric went, to, went into most of that food. Just, I haven't used that book in a while. Let me get home. We're coming home on uh, Saturday. Fine from the first thing we make the turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this one, the turmeric is really difficult to use because it has a very unique flavor. Mm. And if you just use turmeric by itself, it's bitter and it's bright orange and kind of distracting. Yeah. But um, mixing with certain spices and vegetables, it comes alive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very kind of, it's kind of spicy, but not like really overpowering. Yeah. I actually am impressed by like 
I guess the restraint shown in the tumor, right? Like, this, it's not like, because sometimes, and I love ginger things, but like sometimes ginger things are very upfront, and this is really not. And instead, it just kind of goes longer, right? Just kinda, instead of being all front, sort of, you just continue to feel it mm-hmm. after you're done for a good 30 seconds there. It's awesome. Probably a really good, it's probably a sign of like quality ginger, you know? Yeah. And that makes a difference too. I tried one that's locally available, uh, conventional ginger, mm-hmm. and it's watery. I don't know what they do differently. Mm. But um, yeah, I tried one from a couple different places, um, some from the stores, the local stores. Mm-hmm. And also, ginger itself is different. If you just leave it, it rots in maybe a couple weeks. Yeah. Some of the good ginger, <laughs> the one I made with the upper light or anything, just forgot about it one time. Dug it up, mm. left it there, it never go bad. So, like, what's the difference? It just makes me wonder. Yeah. What are they putting into that ginger that makes it rot? That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. I, I wish I could make all that product that way, but it's... It's not easy to harvest. It's not mm-hmm. easy to dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the people I work with, the ginger and turmeric, they do organic, so they're conscious about how they grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more. Well, you picked. You, yeah, I think you picked uh, a good ginger. I think that really works. I hope this doesn't ruin your palate for the next one. <laughs> yeah, he was drinking tea on the beach, and you know, I remember one part of. Him, like he was a weirdo and he was also he also drank tea on the airplane and the flight attendant was like do you want any oh wait I did I did have you drinking tea I did have like the whole like (laughs) I just basically uh, I had like the airplane version of like a gong fu set up just like a a tray table because I as I told the flight attendant like I I know what I want and I'll just bring it Uh yeah yeah I remember (laughs) what it's like to have that on the airplane or public places I was once really into matcha mm-hmm. and I was taking matcha set up everywhere I go mm-hmm. <laughs> people look at me funny yeah so probably that's what you get too yeah, yeah. we well, get to talk to people about it too you know right? yeah. I think that it's good for again like people who are in tea and some one or another to be aware that like we're all kind of drafted into, into being you know educators tea, you know cultural ambassadors and educators about like what this is so other people who you know would enjoy can find out about it you know mm-hmm. I just got a phone call from my aunt uh, yesterday and she find you know she finally um, listened to listen to an episode of, of my of my podcast and she's like I had no idea that elevation and springtime were so important you taught me so much and I'm like no problem <laughs> glad you liked it and what's the what we're drinking here? This is our island green. It's um usually comes about second flush or third flush. Okay. It has a little more um, uh, summer flavor. Mm. Some people like that better and we roast it stronger so it's more refreshing. It's easier to consume because um, it's a much smaller leaves. It's cut up small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely darker in color too. So that's that comes from just higher heat on the walk. Not necessarily. You can see. Oh, this one's empty. So the first flush compared to that. Tips. 
And you cut it differently too, because these are these seem like they're bigger pieces. So side by side, you can see more tips into premium. Mm -hmm. So that's the early pick. Yeah. And the island green has more darker color, more not so much tips, mm -hmm. no no white parts, white hair on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This one, this kind of shows. This shows really well about where, which part is harvested. So premium would pick two leaves and a bud. That's why the dominance of the tips more obvious. Yeah, white hair is more apparent. And where it's island green, it picks third, fourth leaves sometimes. I see. So you use your you get out the you get out the 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 tea, the tea equipment for this the, the yeah. end, 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 later much later in the year. Yeah. Sweet roast and blended. Hmm. And uh, yeah, on the back side is uh, a lot of heating, rolling, and drying. So and that's what you use that for. Yeah, that's it? the final stage. Okay. That's what I thought I saw in, <laughs> in your shed. The first stage is this one, so the wok sits on top oh, of yeah, that. Yeah. In it. And actually, I had one um, um, trip with um, university researchers here. Oh, yeah. Got to visit Japan, oh, okay. visit tea regions all over. That was really nice. Oh, sweet. We went to Kyushu, um, mostly Kyushu, so all mm -hmm. the whole Kyushu island, yeah. and started from the north, uh, Saga Prefecture, the okay. original, and then went to Yame, the Gyoku region in Kyushu, mm -hmm. and then Kumamoto, that's the uh, Oskamairicha region. Yeah, I've heard of Kumamoto, yeah. It's really good. That's a really good agricultural, like they just make lots mm -hmm. of good food in general, like lots of produce. Yeah. I don't know. And then Kumamoto Miyazaki, that's the Kamaiichi region. It's, this tea is uh, modeled after. Mm -hmm. That's why I learned this style the island green and premium green. Mm -hmm. And I went to uh, Kagoshima. Okay, yeah, very famous yeah. for tea. And then from there, flew down south to Okinawa. Is there tea in Okinawa? A little bit, not very much. Yeah, so there's a room for tea in Okinawa. <laughs> but the growing climate is very similar, yeah. so we learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And they also have a difficulty growing. Right. Yeah. We have a difficulty growing too, in certain ways. I was actually, um, in last night we just sort of turned on the, the, the TV in our in our, in our B&B &B, uh, to see what was on. P the PBS was uh, airing like uh, NHK, the English language NHK. Mm -hmm. And there was a very interesting uh, uh, little featurette on, um, uh, a, there was a, I guess it's a bot, uh, you know, a botanist in Japan um, who's working on LED growing of indoor vegetables. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. And they talked about the different uh, colors, like light, light, uh, UV spectrum, right? So like blue light, red light. And they, they grew like lettuce with blue light, with violet light, with, um, you know, red light. And they, they saw different, different attributes come out of you know, whatever they were growing with lettuce uh, each time when they were when, when they were exposing it to that in these very specific conditions. And, the, and they were really talking about how awesome it was, and I thought, this is really cool for growing lettuce on Mars, right? Like, 
all I could think the whole time, it, it was really cool to hear the science of, of it, and they were talking about how they were selling selling it to restaurants. They were, they were selling a lot, they were growing a lot of herbs, right, like basil and and uh, stuff like that. And I thought, you couldn't sustain a population on indoor LED growing, at least not in the, I mean, if you're on Mars, right, like that makes perfect sense, but yeah, you could just have solar-powered vegetables, but planting it outside. I don't know, as a farmer, like, do you pay attention, do you know or pay attention to that kind of, I guess, botany and agri-science? Uh, like, how do you feel about, like, stuff like that? I think it's a great way that they're finding a different way to utilize uh, new technology. But for me, as, you know, actually consuming natural product, mm-hmm. it feels so much better about what comes directly from the soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what comes from outside instead of inside. Instead of something grown in a lab, it's yeah. not as, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't feel right. You've got to formulate everything in the soil and give everything. Whereas in nature, everything happens. Sometimes you don't even know what's in there, which makes it better. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, this, and when they're growing it indoors, the, the soil came from outside, yeah. right? So like there was a decision made about where they were getting that, that soil from and uh-huh. what fertilizers they were using and why. Uh, so it's it, 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 you can't really get away from nature, especially when you're growing plants. Like right. again, like I thought, like oh, this is great for Mars, <laughs> for the future future generations of people who have to deal with that. I'm curious what it would taste like. Yeah, yeah. They were um, they, well. There was a little. They brought it to like a. They brought it to a chef, and the chef was like, "Oh, this is really interesting basil. This is I, I would buy this or a dill. They were growing dill. Oh, I like this dill and so on." It's like 10, 10 o'clock last night on PBS. When did you first start um, setting this, I guess, this room up, right? Because it looks like you have, this is kind of a storefront a little bit, right? Like you've got stuff in the back and, and, have and a bar. stuff. And, mm-hmm. Well, I think that's his home. I think it's his bar. <laughs> well, I mean, this side of the room. Uh, what, I guess, when did you start accepting, um, uh, uh, like, just get guests and tours and, and for tea for people from the very beginning, or did that... Um, just come out when of... people start asking yeah. people start asking can we come visit and see <laughs> and when they say that and we normally just outside doing work or not somewhere else doing work mm-hmm. then it's not so convenient to just come and see all the time Yeah. so we start to set up okay so if we can set up certain days of a week open so that people can come see yeah. that makes more sense so people just kind of came knocking down your door a little First bit. First started yeah. that way. Yeah. And then also we do once a year uh, open farm day. So open. have it open to the public and they can come see without appointment. Oh, when, is it, when, when do you usually do that? That's uh, in mid-September, somewhat, sometime between mid-September and early October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during that time, we not doing the tea production and sometimes we have a spare tea to pick and then yeah. we do a, like a hand processing that people can actually try it out and things like that have you ever gotten any coverage in and i guess like um local media like why is that just why may have like a city paper or did you, have you ever gotten any attention from yeah sometimes i guess they did one story uh why may it's a small community yeah and also Honoka, this side, daily to do, right up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not a very uh, public person. Yeah. 
more time shy. <laughs> try and stay away from those. Yeah, if they ask if usually yeah. my wife says, yeah, they she say yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's it sounds like you're a good match, right? Then she's she's able to to, to complement, you know, personality, yeah. and personality differences. We're like that, you know. We're, we're like, <laughs> you're you're better at things that I'm bad at, and vice versa. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's how we started, and that's how we do nowadays. And it kind of works out. So you have a certificate up there. Are you? A, did you get certified as a tea instructor in Japan? Is that yes. what this says? It's a Japanese tea instructor. Okay. It's the program. Thankfully, instructor was in katakana. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how can I, I can piece together what this probably says? Yeah, I learned a lot there, especially how to judge and evaluate Japanese tea. And that was in Uji, right? That's everywhere in Japan. So oh, okay. it's a national program. Oh, okay. But like, I mean, you physically, that's when you were in Uji. Yes. Right, yeah. You were saying you spent a lot of time there. I liked Uji. I wish we got to spend more time in Uji when we were there. It's really nice because because of the program, I get to see the backside of that the tea operation there. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, have uh, the tea producers and um, um, wholesalers, and they have their own facility to get together and discuss sometimes. And they had their workshop there, mm -hmm. and also uh, evaluation. So yeah. they do the judging, they do the auction setup, and then replicate that. So that was very nice. So, what's natural farming method like like in Japan? Is there are there very many farms run that way in Japan? Is it is it is it hard to is it hard to get support? There, like there are a few that I know, mm -hmm. but um, because its community is so close together, mm -hmm. not like here, you know, you can separate from so far apart from everybody else yeah. because each property belongs to somebody, whereas there. The, all the houses are close together, like small villages, mm -hmm. and then all the fields outside, kind of next to each other. It makes it really difficult if one person is using chemical right next door. Of course, it's gonna come to you too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, old style, you do what you know neighbors do, but the new style one's starting to change because there are a lot of abandoned tea field and abandoned farm lot. Really, there's abandoned land in Japan. Because uh, farming is not very profitable. Oh, okay. Or it's hard work. Yeah. So, a lot of, a lot of uh, tea farmers nowadays, they're retiring. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's happening. I think uh, larger companies absorbing that into mm. more efficient. So, yeah. they need like it's a not necessarily a good thing, because otherwise you get kind of like... Um, you know, Tyson Chicken Company, where they come in and buy the little farmers, and they yeah. become part of the big conglomerate. Yeah. Right. And you see a degradation in quality. Yeah, it's it's bad for it's worse for farmers. It's worse for chickens. It worse it's worse for people who eat chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Except bad for basically everybody, and everyone just gets used to it. It's more efficient, that's for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a compromise. But there are some, you know, even the larger companies doing good things. Yeah. So they do a little more organic style, more natural style. So they respect the land. Mm -hmm. So 
No, not all bad, but because sometimes small farmers can't keep up with the, you know, the seasonal right. schedule or with the demand. Yeah, they're able yeah. to make as much. And just because they're small doesn't mean they don't spray pesticide. That's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So is there a, is there I guess a smaller I guess the, the next generation of farmers is is it just a smaller cohort of people? It's a smaller number, fewer. Fewer, that's yeah. for sure. And more mechanized, so it's more efficient. Yeah. On the other side of like I guess the consumption scale, like I I, I really want there to be more physical tea spaces, and I don't just mean like. Starbucks where tea is on the menu. Yeah. I mean places that are from the ground up designed for serving tea. In selling. this country. Yeah, in, in America. Yeah, in, 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 in America, in the West in general. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we were in um, Honolulu after dinner. We kind of were walking around this, I forget where we were exactly, this little shopping center. Uh, and we went into this really awesome it was a very very hip very good selection it was a it was a beer little beer store slash beer tasting room mm-hmm. also had awesome beer uh great selection they had like high-tech looking like screens that gave you the uh gave you the uh, it gave you the uh the, the the brewery the location the price the how much of they that they had on tap right like just it was a whole thing they were doing trivia there and i thought there's no reason why we can't have like really cool small hip places where people are brewing tea. Like just nice. totally do it, and I really want to see that happen. I, I worked at a place in um, kind of in San Diego, but like kind of north in the north end, the north end of the city limits, in a very that was in a very nice shopping center, um, and there was just not a lot of foot traffic at all in the. Uh, that we got, you know, this isn't around anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I only got to work there for about six months before it was over. And uh, I, I don't know what needs to be done uh, to cultivate culture. Um, see, he knows. He knows when you put the leaves in <laughs> after it's kind of been washed a little bit. Like just a, that tiny little bit of moisture gives out a lot of aroma. Talking mm-hmm. those. <laughs> I like to do that too. There's a Chinese trick that you can do is um, hold the leaves, dry leaves, mm-hmm. and blow it around. You hold them, you, you blow them? Just blow your you know, moist breath on it and then revive that smell. Huh. Which you don't want to taste somebody else's breath on the tea. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> they do that sometimes. It is a little <laughs> gross. Um. It is. <laughs> but they are doing it too when I was in China. Went to uh, which province is that? Where the Huangshan is? Is so it Fujian? Fujian, no, no, up north. Is it um, Anxi? Anxi province, yeah, I think so. There. Anhui, yeah. Anxi? I'm yeah, trying to remember what's north. Anhui, Anxi, or Anhui? I think Anhui is north. Anhui, yeah, north. Anhui. Sounds more familiar. <laughs> I'm not really sure. But anyway, that's um, um, where the tea where they only pick the second leaves mm-hmm. do you know uh, Luang Luang Guapin yes yeah green tea yeah Luang yeah, so yeah it's called Luang Guapian Gua, Gua yeah like that. it's a long so name. that tea when I, I went there and they were making that tea I wanted to try their crude tea 
mm. which is not roasted because they are actually known for roasting not the well they are the beef too mm. but the chaikuti doesn't taste anything and then the guys told me you don't tr you don't drink kuti it's just a base for adding roast because hmm. they're known for roasting they're yeah. known for like the unique roasting style that's kind of counterintuitive in some ways because I would think that like good roasted tea also tastes good unroasted and like you're bringing out the already existing complex flavor in there but right. maybe maybe it's but I don't like first trip to a tea farm right so like what do I know about processing <laughs> tea <laughs> yeah but what they told me was that you know you roast it mm -hmm. and how can you actually smell or you know because when after roasting and when it settles you can't really see or feel what it's like so that's when they blow their breath on mm -hmm. onto the leaf and then oh that's how you smell mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what i learned but not that i actually do it but you know mm -hmm. that's why you can replicate that in a teapot when you warm the teapot and then there's a bit of moisture yeah. and you steam the leaf and then it comes back alive so have you been to taylor's little shop in san diego yeah no, i haven't i'm really curious to see it's it's got. probably the size of that from that wall to your bar um and he actually shares the space with uh um because it's a, a chinese medicine pharmacist so like he like he does acupuncture in that in that closet and then he just sort of sells <laughs> i have no idea what Whatever, whatever is used in whatever is used in Chinese medicine stuff, mm -hmm. right? Crazy stuff I've never heard of. Yeah. Um, but so he shares the space. It's very small, and it's just a table. And if you want tea, it's free. You can just hang out with him, right? He's a very he's a very nice guy, and we'll just hang out with you all day uh, and just talk about whatever. And he'll, and he'll just he'll just he'll just brew tea for whoever comes in. Mm -hmm. But you can't ever really have your back to him. Like it's not you, there's no private spot. You don't there's no like table where you, a person can go and like read a book and drink tea by themselves if you're going to his shop it's we are all having tea at the one table together all yeah. facing each other and we're gonna and we're gonna talk to each other and I think that having that physical space is so cool and I love going there mm -hmm. because every time I go there I, I'm forced to meet new people mm -hmm. and nine times out of ten they're awesome <laughs> they're <laughs> awesome cool people that walk into that shop and you, and you hear what they're doing and, and you know some, some of them are really into tea some of them are just trying tea for the first time and you get to talk to them about tea and then somebody who's drink tea for a long time I like to be like oh if you like that you should try this right mm -hmm. Taylor go get the get the, get the whatever get, get the get the tig one in out get the <laughs> get the green tea out um, you know let them try that so it's 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 a great little place um, it's in it's right by the beach and uh, I hope I hope he doesn't ever close it I told him I'm like if you close this like, you, you're hurting the, you're hurting the culture of San Diego and he's like I'm not gonna close it do you feel a little isolated do you feel a little trapped sometimes Mm -hmm. No, I feel safe. Oh yeah. Okay. So That's you you made the good you made the right call. You're yeah. you're exactly where you're, where you're supposed to be then. Sometimes I miss few things, you know, here and there, but um, yeah, I feel isolated. That's one way. I feel more secure. Do you um sell your tea at farmers market? Are there are farmers markets in like Kona or Nilo or Waimea? Uh, there are a few farmers market. But, um, yeah, we used to do, but we don't do anymore. I have three kids. 
Mm. They keep us so busy for the Saturdays and we can help. Yeah. <laughs> Once they are old enough, they can probably help. But right That's now, true, you got a little, little, little one. Just chasing them around mm. is not. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help much with the farmer's market. Mm. This one is uh, uh, considerably sweeter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Did you get a lot of good reception when you did early a couple years ago when you did do the farmers markets? So were people very like interested, or or was it like you saw a lot and there was some interest, yeah. but too expensive you know, to most people think. Right. so much labor goes into it. Right. Yeah. So most people are looking for something affordable and. You know, not a uh, connoisseur. It's more right. daily consumption. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have the. You probably don't have the have the, have the ability. I mean, at least in the in the, in, the, in the immediate time to compete with some of the really low price tea out there. Yeah, yeah. that's why our flavors tea do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I like this. Yeah, let's go for it. Doesn't get so bitter. Maybe a little bit bitter, but it brings out a lot of aroma. Oh, very. It's kind of like what you're talking about, like that American mindset. Like we're not really, we don't think of tea as we think of it. Like well, like you know, various tea, like the really cheap tea or twinings, or mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, we don't. Like if we thought tea more like like we do like with bottles of wine, like it's important where it's grown, what year, yeah. you know, um, and then what type of grapes you use. Like if that, they thought the same way with tea, they'd be willing, I think, to like spend more money than, you know, being like more more of a tea yeah. connoisseur because you also have your wine connoisseurs and you have your your hop heads and your beer connoisseurs. Uh, it needs to be cool. That's the thing. Tea needs <laughs> to be cool, and uh, I will make tea cool if it's the last thing I do. It's in, it's in its own unique niche right now, yeah. you know, so those people who are more meditative and zen and, mm-hmm. yeah, that connection, is that the cool? <laughs> I don't know. Not mainstream cool, but it's a subculture cool, right? Subculture. Like there's a subculture of people that like can't get enough of that stuff and, and they're, all, they're, they're awesome people and yeah, they're disproportionately represented in, in, in the tea, tea drinking, tea enthusiast community for sure uh, and I like them plenty but we need more, you know, what more people, more wider variety. I actually th- had a lot of thought went into the music I was going to use on the podcast. I was like, what? Because I, I, I tried a couple things at first, uh, just because I wanted to get content out there and, and uh, needed to find mm-hmm. royalty-free music, but I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about how does this song make p- people feel about, not just like my program, but about tea, and tea is a community, and a, like my show is about the people who make tea happen more so than drinking tea and talking about what it tastes like. I think that there are lots of great blogs and YouTube channels that do that already. Ooh, wow. Yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be awesome. Or at the very least, really intense. Hot <laughs> water brings it out. Yeah. And another thing is, uh, right mineral content in water makes this tea taste so much different. Mm-hmm. One time in the Honolulu, we are attending a show and we had that water 
from there we were using. Mm. We didn't know it was a purified water, which all the mineral content removed. Yeah. Mm. So we were making this tea, our island green tea at the time. We were making, brewing that tea, and the flavor is just nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we put twice as much, three times as much, still don't taste the same. Mm. And we changed the water, and then we picked up a spring water, I mean, bottle of spring water from the store. And it completely changed. We were just talking about this last night. Um, remember that? Like, Lu Yu got this right in the ninth century. <laughs> He's like, hey, mountain water, better than well water, better than water from the lake. Like, if you can get it, spring water, right? Like, yeah, so with Lu Yu, like, wait, he wrote a book on tea, like, like how long ago was that? Ninth century. Tang Dynasty, so it's like the, the 800s. Okay. 800 something. He wrote it in like 800 something. He, he would have lived at like the same time as Muhammad. Okay. And at the same time as like the Vikings were raiding the coast of Britain and northern France. Right? Charlemagne was alive. That's a historical reference. And I don't know what's happening in Japan in 8800. 80, 80, Is that Heian era? I don't know. I don't know. You probably know better than me. Did you pay attention? <laughs> in the I class? did when I was in school. <laughs> 800. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably around that time. I'm trying to remember numbers. I took a, a Japanese history class in college, but it was, um, it was um, like, it was basically, it was just a Tokugawa era class. It was uh, like Warring States, you know, like Muromachi, more Warring States era up through the frustration, and then the class stopped. Didn't get in, didn't really get it. Like, it got to the transition, but it didn't get into. Didn't get into like Russo-Japanese War, obviously not you know, 20th century stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a cool class, actually. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. That was like my first academic love <clears throat> when I was like 18 or so. I was like history. That was my first major. That's what I wanted to get my degree in. Mm-hmm. I still love it, but like I moved on to other things. Yeah, like I like history and like culture and like like weird stuff. And then I feel like tea is like the ultimate culmination of that because it's like science and like you know there's farming and science and botany and chemistry and history and and literature and art and music and um, business. You know, you can make money with it. Like it's it's to in my mind, it's just it's just the total package. It's like this is it. Hey, what's this? What's the spring water that you buy? I like Crystal Geyser. Uh-huh. Is it one from Colorado? Or no. no. What I like about Crystal Geyser is that um, they're really good about um, finding springs and just aquifers that are um, pretty close to wherever they're selling it. Mm-hmm. So when you buy it, when I was buying it in South Carolina, it was from a spring in South Carolina. When I buy it in California, it's from a spring in California. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I like that. I don't. It makes me sad to like see like water from Maine being sold in Southern California because it's like that didn't need to like that, that, that someone put that on a truck and drove and right. that's it's not a waste of fuel that's just so unnecessary so it looks like he's got a mixture of like loose teeth, teeth and, and uh, tea bags too yeah yeah. I like your logo design uh, who, who did that for you? Uh, people in on Kawaii, they used to be on Kawaii. They did that whole package design in the long history present tea. 
from the just looking out from the top. That's actually not finished all the way, so that's yeah. why it didn't roll up. It's open. <laughs> so you would you would put uh, additional heat on it. What okay. would you do to finish that? Shaping. Oh, okay. It's more like um, more tossing in the walk that curls up more. Mm. That's why it's stretched open like that. That's why it looks all spiky. We call it whisker, <laughs> and then it turns more into a pearl or uh, controlled, twisted. Yeah, so this is just all over. This doesn't have a shaping. So, do your kids like tea? If it's with with snack, <laughs> <laughs> something sweet. Yeah, sometimes tea time means snack time. Then yes, they do like it. But if it's just tea, sometimes they say no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they go fruit outside, eat the uh, pick the berries outside, eat fruit. Do they know? We can find them all. Something sweet. Is it still fresh? Yeah, very. Very <laughs> nice. It's um, about a month old. Okay. Never heard of anybody else harvesting uh, in, in February, but I guess you have such a cool, it's an interesting climate here, right? Yeah. It's um, the winter harvest more or less. Like in Taiwan, sometimes they do winter pick, not dumping. I thought that Taiwan Taiwanese winter pick was like actually was actually like October. October. I could be wrong about that. What do you do with the tea leaves afterwards? Do you put them in like in a compost pile or? No, put it in somebody else's salad. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually we mix it with um, some other things like oil and feed it to chickens. Oh, so and chickens eat the tea If it has something else in it like oil. Yeah. Yeah, then they eat sometimes. Huh. Great circle effect because you said you use poultry manure, so you yeah. chickens and what? <laughs> this is such an interesting looking tea. This is the the other bangcha I was talking about earlier. Mm. It's called the goishicha. Goishicha. Yeah. Make a note about that so I don't forget that word. So why Hawaii? Why did you pick Hawaii to grow tea? Why not? I mean, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nice, but I mean, you just you just saw this plot of land. You're like, I'm in love. I want to live here. <laughs> um, that's probably part of it, and mm. why I'm to want to live in Hawaii. That's another reason, mm -hmm. and probably most important thing is that being close to the family and being away mm. but if it's California it's even farther right. and the Kimberley's home is California so yeah between Japan and California which side do we dig or somewhere different right someplace in kind of the middle some place in the middle where everybody else feels like oh if it's Hawaii I don't mind going there <laughs> True. 
Worst place to visit. Come play. Yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> so this is kind of the same style, but that's um, fresh meat. It's probably today is what ninth, so it's about three weeks old. Okay. Little, little fresher. And also, the first processing of the year is a little bit rough. Trying to get back yeah. in shape. That makes sense, actually. You know, and I mean, and every crop, every every harvest is going to be different anyway. So you have to like work with the new the, the year's new material anyway. Yeah. Um. And usually, you get better over time. So around third, fourth time, kind of get that hanging back in, mm. and yeah, the first one's a little bit rough <laughs> every year. So that's why it's more like a practice run too. Mm. Yeah. Gotta warm up your muscles again. Yeah. But then some people actually like that better. A little, little more personality to it. Yeah, I sometimes Taylor and I would wear tea. We talk about like what people expect out of buying, you know, buying tea, and, and he's like, you know, he's just something. He doesn't say this directly, but I think this is what he means. He's like, you know, not everyone's like you, where like if something is where you get excited about something from being a specific month or whatever. Like people want consistency. I'm like, yeah. no, it's an adventure every time. If it's different, he's <laughs> like, yeah, but like I, there's not enough. He says he doesn't say this directly because he's a little being polite. But he's like, there's not enough of like tea geeks like you like to like to support my business. So like, I need like cons a kind of regular consistency, mm -hmm. um, which is what most people want out yeah. of something they buy. They don't want it to be different every time. Mm -hmm. I I love it when things are different. <laughs> well, once you have a basis and uh, the knowledge and the frame of reference, then you can fit the new one into mm -hmm. your collection of you know library of uh, tea. Yeah. But once you start out, it's like you know roadmap, and you gotta draw the roadmap out first. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it, you do just kind of have to figure out what you want yourself. You know, you just kind of taste a lot of tea in the beginning. When, when I talk to people who are like getting into tea, I'm just like, try a lot of stuff from a lot of different places. Yeah. You know, like if you just have if you're just having black tea, like you're missing out. If you're just having like tea from Japan, you're you're missing out. You know, yeah. there's a whole. There's a whole world out there, and the only way there's no substitute for exploration, right? Like you can sit and read about something all you want, but going and doing is an entirely different kind of experience. Because like your 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 whole ex your whole not just your whole body, but your whole experience of doing something. That's the way you're learning. You're learning how to act and how to respond, and, mm -hmm. and whatever whatever activity it is, like not just tea, like just anything. You can read a book about making pottery. Being a potter is very different. Or farming, right? Like you can read about farming, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You got to go out there and, and feel when it's gonna rain. Yeah, I remember when I started out with uh, learning Japanese tea. First thing I did was uh, get all the braids of the curl mm -hmm. and a few different regions and learn all of it, so you can build your frame of reference. And then everything after that, it fits into, oh, this goes here, this goes here. Yeah. Yeah. But then also the Japanese tea instructor program, they have all that built in. Mm -hmm. So you can taste all the different, and they had that. Actually, this was on the test too. You have uh, three harvests from the first flush, three harvests from the second flush, and then 
there's a few third flush and the different seasons you have to rank it uh, rank or put in an order of the harvest and is that hard? <laughs> most of it is pretty straightforward okay. once you learn the basics you know how to look at the leaf and then leaf comes out more flat in the summertime or late harvest tend to be more flat but um, hardest thing was um, late harvest of the first flush and the early harvest of second flush hmm. it's really hard to tell them apart I know I, I'm sure I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do that and yeah I did it so many times to keep making mistakes and yeah over time you keep doing over and over and then you start to see it oh that's what it is yeah yeah mm. wow this is great so this is still different from I will roast it too this is um unfinished tea so you taste the tea no roast yeah yeah it's not very I mean it's not I don't like there's a little bit of kind of that uh, not quite vegetal but almost kind of nutty but not like there's no you know without the roast it's just kind of not muted but just thank you it's a raw. It wouldn't, yeah, it's raw. Like it's not popping, right? Like it, like it would with, with with a little bit of roast. You know? It's almost like eating the leaf out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, it's like because once we roast it, it gets sweeter. It adds a sweetness without ruining the tea flavor. Mm -hmm. Or we can decide to add more fire, so the roasting sets the final, you know, the, um, finishing touch. Yeah, I, I can see why drinking like like this uh, is a great way to like have a baseline to gauge like yeah different processing outcomes and methods yeah this is actually a great way to learn we do this all the time and that's how we learn so when you roast your tea like how do you do it do you eyeball it do you have like a timer you set it off and like oh okay five minutes or all of it all of it all yeah, the above you can do time set timer just you know, just in case it goes exactly how you timed. Or, and I guess you look at the leaf, smell the leaf, you feel the moisture, you know, everything. I mean, sometimes there's an ex excess moisture that comes out. Right. You kind of feel it. <laughs> yeah. Especially I have eyeglasses, it is kind of fogs. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So that's another indicator. You don't have eyeglasses. It's hard to feel the moisture. You can feel when it's obvious. You know, it's the moisture you can feel on your hand, and then you get more sticky. Right. Yeah. And then if there's no moisture, it's more smooth. You, know, you can't even try. That's how I can feel the moisture mm. versus you know nothing, and then it's different. You can do the same thing with the tea. Finally drying. You know, how how can you? Somebody asked me once. How can you tell it's dry enough? Feel the moisture. <laughs> but that's really, yeah. It takes experience. <laughs> I guess so. Or wear eyeglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting us in and showing us around your farm and making tea for us and just hanging out. We really appreciate it. That's my excuse to not be out in the field. <laughs> <laughs>
she's right by the way. You ask, you're like, do you need me? And she's like, well, you're good or whatever she, she says. She said no when there's somebody else. So, mm. it's my obligation to ask, I guess. We can help you clean up here. We can, we'll buy some tea. We'll, we'll go somewhere. Yep. How can you help here? And you will be out of excuses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a great lot of life,